This is Matt Woodley, editor of PreachingToday.com on Monday Morning Preacher. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Easter preaching with one of our featured preachers on PreachingToday.com, Lee Eckloff. Lee, it's great to have you here today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Our sister brand to PreachingToday.com, Church Law and Tax, is conducting a national church compensation survey, and they could use your help. By participating, you'll be publishing fair standards for pastors and church workers, and that'll give churches the opportunity to set fair standards for pay and benefits. They'll even give you a sweet reward for filling out the survey. So check it out at cltsurvey.com slash 2017. Lee, one of the reasons why we have you on is not only you're a great preacher and we love your preaching, but you've preached a lot of Easter sermons. So how long have you been a pastor and how many Easter sermons have you preached? I've been a pastor almost 40 years and I've preached 32 Easters. That's excellent. Well, we like starting with preaching failures around here because it makes us feel better as preachers <laughs> when we can know that a fine preacher like you has <laughs> failed. So um, what is one of your least favorite Easter sermons? One that you've preached, not that someone else has preached. Well, I actually liked the sermon. It just wasn't a good one for Easter. I preached on the sign of Jonah uh, in Matthew, where Jesus speaks of this, no sign will be given you except the sign. I thought it was a really clever idea, but it was too complicated. I think it jolted people. It was just too complicated for an Easter Sunday morning. And it's a bit of an obscure text as well. Yeah, right? and that's what appealed to me Yes, till that week. Nice try, though. We appreciate right. your effort there. So thanks for paving the way. I will not be doing that this, this Easter. But, um, you know, but it does raise a point, though, that just the simplicity of Easter preaching. Right. There's this tension because you don't want to just say what everybody already knows. That, that's kind of a lie that folks say. Well, just tell us the familiar thing. I want to help them grow. Yeah. I'm not just here to give them an Easter card. But the structure of the sermon on Easter, I think, needs to be a little simpler, not necessarily simpler subject, but simpler structure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, that kind of leads into our next question and exegeting our congregation on uh, Easter Sunday morning. What are people longing for? What do people want to hear? Why are they showing up for Easter Sunday? Well, they come because it is the great day of our faith. And I think they come for that, just to celebrate. I think as a sermon, they want to hear about the resurrection but I don't think anybody wants to just come and listen to something they already know. They doze off, yeah. right? You used the phrase before. I've heard you use the phrase Easter preaching. You also use this for Christmas as well, I think. A jolt of the familiar. Right. Now, what do you mean by that? You need to find in your text something that spurs or excites or alerts the people to something. And they mm -hmm. go, ah, I never thought of that before. Or, I've forgotten how great that is. Or, I didn't know that was an implication. Or, I wonder what it was like to be there. Yeah. Something that is a bit of a spiritual jolt that isn't gratuitous. Yeah. Okay, we're going to listen to a clip from uh, our archives at PreachingToday.com from a guy named John Stott. You ever heard of him? He was pretty good. Yeah, not bad, as we say in Minnesota. No, right. Yeah, not bad. Um, <laughs> and uh, Stott, as in case you don't know Stott, he was a British guy and uh, wrote a number of commentaries, wrote some books on preaching, and literally trained hundreds of preachers all over the world, mentored hundreds of Christian leaders and preachers. And so we have a clip from one of his sermons. This is actually from 20 years ago. It's a sermon called The Up-to-Date Relevance of Easter. And this is uh, a clip from his intro, so let's listen to that, and then we'll break it down. I think it's important for us to be quite clear what we're talking about. We're not talking about Jesus' survival 
as uh, a result of which we can say, well, he's alive or he is living. No, we could say that about anybody who has died. When President Makarios of Cyprus died some years ago, his followers paint-spread the buildings in Cyprus with the words, Makarios lives. Well, he hadn't risen from the dead, but he was still alive, and his influence was still living. In Latin America, there are many students who have such confidence in Che Guevara as one of their leaders that they often sing and chant, Che lives. Or if I may mention D.L. Moody, he once said in New York in 1899, someday you'll read in the papers that Moody is dead. Don't you believe a word of it. At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am today. But Moody was not talking about having been resurrected. He simply meant he would survive death. So the resurrection is not just the survival of Jesus. And then next, the resurrection of Jesus is not just his resuscitation. It doesn't mean that having died, he was brought back again to this life, only to die again. C.S. Lewis expressed his great sympathy for Lazarus, who was resuscitated by Jesus, brought back to this life. C.S. Lewis said he was very hard on Lazarus because he had to do his dying all over again. But Jesus didn't. We're talking not about his survival, nor about his resuscitation, but about his resurrection. That God performed a dramatic act by which he arrested the process of decay, decomposition, and corruption, rescued Jesus out of the realm of death, transformed his body into a new vehicle for his personality, so that he had a new power and was now immortal, never to die again. Okay, Lee, uh, we love the British accent, and right. we think every preacher should try to do a British accent every once in a while. Um, and uh, people will respect you more, listen to you better. I Why think. not a Swedish accent? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> I, I just don't think that works the same. I'm sorry, okay? Okay. Um, but anyway, what, what can we learn from Stott here? What, what are some takeaways that you see? What I appreciated was that he thought very deeply mm-hmm. about the distinctive aspect of Jesus' resurrection. It's different from so-and-so's spirit living on. It's different even from the believer, who's Moody, saying, you know, I'm not going to be dead when, I, when you hear I've died. And then he draws out this very clear language of what happened in the resurrection that is utterly unique. Yes. As unique as the incarnation is the resurrection. I love the fact that Stott, he wasn't a guy that you would say was like really into pop culture, especially American pop culture. Right. You know, he just didn't do that. But right. he, um, he definitely understood the broader philosophical, intellectual, cultural mood of the day that he was in. And then he was able to speak biblical truth into that cultural moment. You know, the question for preachers to ask is what the up-to-date relevance of the Easter message for today, what would that look like in 2017? Today, people are very aware of 
afterlife, mm. of other life, all this stuff that's on the supernatural. And, yeah. But what we have in the resurrection in Jesus, yeah. this is what happened to Jesus. I think that'd go over well in a congregation. You've seen this and this and this, yeah. but here is what actually happened. And mm. this is, furthermore, what's going to happen to you. Yeah, that's good. And let's not forget zombie shows. Zombie shows. Zombie shows. They're in. They're big. <laughs> so, I don't know what that tells us, but there's something there. So um, I wouldn't show a clip, though. Yeah, I would not show a clip. <laughs> Might traumatize the children. So please don't do that. Well, let's talk about uh, preaching on Easter and the preacher's soul. You've been doing this for 40 years. What have you been learning about your own soul as a preacher? On one hand, it helped me when I was able to simplify my week. Uh, some pastors can't do that, but I don't. I only preach on Easter. I don't preach on Good Friday. We have other things. That helped just take some of the pressure off. But that may be a lesson as well to maybe simplify your schedule a little bit. You don't have to try to do it all. Um, right. Easter seems to a pastor to be the Super Bowl of Sundays, mm. and I gotta get in there. And this is my big deal. I gotta be at my very best. I gotta have the best, juiciest, yeah. hot sermon I can preach. It's got to be amazing. And you can't. Yeah. You just can't do that. Not every text asks that of you. Mm. And uh, you just don't have it in you. And it'll, it'll wear out your soul just that week coming into that and going, man, I got I to gotta just be a star here. I think we need to think deeply so that we're actually rejuvenated ourselves by what we're going to preach. If you're just going to kind of say the same stuff you've always said and just try to tell a different story, that's that's not going to nourish your soul and it, as yeah. much, at least, as much, and not for your people as well. I mean, just a lot of it's the expectations we place on ourselves. And if you have to be the Tom Brady of preachers, yeah, it's going to kill you. That doesn't work. No. You know, you're, you, we consider you a preaching mentor— um, what just any final words of wisdom on preaching on Easter? I think you, for your own heart and for your people, you want to orient to what is the resurrection life about now and or to orient toward the life to come. Preachers don't preach enough about heaven, about the second coming, about the life to come about the perseverance now for the sake of what is ahead of us. Uh, so I think that's really important. Yeah. These pastoral things are wonderful. This is a place where you've got to touch fresh truth for your own soul, and then yeah. that'll uh, enliven the people. Yeah, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a gospel resurrection text, but something about the exalted and risen Lord and, right. and I, our hope in Him. Exactly. I think yeah. to preach... The gospel resurrection text every year, that's that's really hard yeah. to be fresh. And there's so many great texts that deal with the resurrection truth. That's great. Great advice. Well, Lee, thanks for being with us um, for this episode. We really appreciate your wisdom that you've gleaned from 40 years of experience. And God bless you on this Thank Easter you. preaching. And uh, Preachers and listeners, thanks for tuning in to Monday Morning Preacher. We're glad that you're here and look forward to our next episode. Our sister brand to PreachingToday.com, Church Law and Tax, is conducting a national church compensation survey, and they could use your help. By participating, you'll be publishing fair standards for pastors and church workers. 
and that'll give churches the opportunity to set fair standards for pay and benefits. They'll even give you a sweet reward for filling out the survey. So check it out at cltsurvey.com slash 2017.